big brewer. <laughs> you want answers? I think I'm entitled. You can't handle the truth. Welcome to the beautiful campus of LCMSU, everyone. Who are you? I am the Chancellor. Yeah, baby. Master <laughs> Marcus Zill. Come very first time in the student union reverend craig mueller chaplain mueller ministry of the armed forces for the lutheran church of missouri synod how are you doing today craig uh great marcus thank you for having me on well it is i've always wanted to have you on because there's so many similarities between campus ministry and what you do in terms of ministry to the armed forces i want to talk about that even the word chaplaincy uh, we use in campus ministry circles but first uh, tell us a little bit about your position and and the ministry to the armed forces in general and where people can learn more sure absolutely uh ministry of the armed forces for luther church missouri Senate has been around basically uh since the civil war uh when walther uh, endorsed the first Lutheran chaplain for the Union Army, but really didn't take prominence until World War II, of course, when the whole country was at war and it was really uh, pretty ugly and we needed a lot of pastors to serve as chaplains to provide religious ministry to our Lutheran men and women who were going over to the war, you know, for combat. So sure. really since World War II until now and still going is we provide Lutheran pastors to go and serve as chaplains in the military so they are dual-hatted they are military officers but they're also ordained clergy for the lutheran church missouri synod so our job is to provide chaplains to do that but also to take care of the men and women of our armed forces we provide good devotional material for them wherever they are right now we have about fifteen thousand that we distribute to all the men and women who serve our military with a, a portals of prayer a newsletter that we write quarterly and other devotional materials that apply to them in their world of trying to encourage them in their deployments you know those tough decisions they have to make in combat or wherever they're at so the big overall thing is we provide for the men and women who serve our country as chaplains but also as enlisted or officers and now what's also morphed into what we do is called Operation Barnabas. Hmm. It's really a project where we now embrace all those who have served as veterans who are now at back home, adjusting back from being in the military, whether it was combat-related or not, but just trying to get them plugged back into their home congregations, or maybe it's an outreach opportunity for congregations for the uh, veterans in their community who need help. You know, it can be physical acts of mercy, or it can be spiritual when they have uh, post-traumatic stress or suicide. Twenty a day uh, of veterans kill themselves, so it's obviously a big, a big issue. Uh, the age is starting to dip more towards those who have recently served. For a while, it was all the Vietnam veteran era or Korea, but now the statistics show that there are more and more young veterans who are taking their own life, uh. and, and that would, it would, would fit the age group of those who are maybe going to college or university on their GI Bill. There's quite a quite a history here of, in fact, going back to the very beginning of the explosion of campus ministry really took place in this country right after World War II, when you had this 
this enormous number of people coming back and, and you know, taking up the GI Bill going, we were like, hey, we got to expand campus ministry. It wasn't just that we've got 18 to 22 year olds. We got like double duty. We got, you know, 28 year olds showing up to college. And so it's it's always amazed me how, how there's so much similarity. I would imagine that your chaplains, they don't just serve Missouri Synod Lutherans out there, right? I mean, they have probably opportunities all over the place, not only to kind of as I always like to say, kind of catechizing and caring for our own, but also uh, being in the academic square, being in the military square, being in the chance to kind of uh, reach those that that are lost at a foundational point in their life. Oh, absolutely, Marcus. I think, uh, you know, just even the title of the show here, I think is great, the Student Union. That's basically a lot of what our ministry is for our chaplains, because mm-hmm. they are majority of them are 18 to 25 year olds who will never darken the church door but they have a relationship with their chaplain because he's a part of the unit so he's doing everything they do you know from the pt sessions to uh living in the dirt and doing all the hardships they do but uh, the runs whatever and they see the chaplain there and they see them as uh, a person they can talk to regardless of their faith or no faith at all so that's it is a great opportunity for witnessing because they will talk to us as chaplains because we're part of them a team in that culture knowing that we keep it confidential and so it really is a lot of it is just done on a you know on the back roads or the smoke pit or the you know on a hike or in the middle of a foreign land somewhere very rarely is it just you know in a chapel service sure so yeah normally a chaplain would you know obviously will find the you know a handful of missouri synod that they can gather together most of the work is uh, just catechizing, like you said, about life issues as they confront them, life and death. You know, they, again, that, that age group, like you said, Marcus, is what you all have there, all those listening in campus ministry. That's the majority of what we deal with, too, in the military of, you know, relationships are starting, marriage, possibly, what am I going to do with my life? You know, all those questions that they're asking are what our military folks are asking, too. They may have just delayed it because they know right now, yeah, I got to do my four years but once my four years are up, I'm going to take that GI Bill and I'm going to go to college and I'm going to, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. Sure. <laughs> That's where those questions come out and what they want to do with life. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of similarities. Well, and you know, one of the similarities too, Craig, it's not as common anymore, but earlier on they used to call campus pastors chaplains. You know, when you think about a pastor, you think about your home pastor. You know, when you think about a church, you know, the Holy, Holy Cross Lutheran Church, you know, church is something kind of steady. A chapel is something that's kind of transitory. You have, we have chapels. We have one at the International Center there. We have them at our colleges. We have, you can go find a truck stop somewhere. You'll find a chapel. It's like chapels, by definition, kind of a little bit more of a, of a place where people are transiently coming through. So a chaplain is someone that works with people through a, through a transient period in their lives. And the folks that you work with are very similar in the way to what, to what our folks are doing serving in, in campus ministry. Yeah, that's a great point. I really like the word a transient, like you said, that they're constantly going, even if they stay you know, a tour or two, they still move two or three times a year. Yeah, chapel is great. That's a good example because that's what we do. We set up a tent and we call it a chapel, and that's where people gather for counseling or for Bible study or for or worship or just a place they see chapel. They think of, okay, there's a chaplain there. <laughs> I can talk even if sure. I don't have any faith. That, and I think that one thing that we do have, I know much more than uh, campus chaplains or pastors would have, but by design, the military 
makes the chaplain a confidential resource that we are protected by law to keep everything confidential. It's sort of like our confession, but it goes to covers everybody, even non-Lutheran chaplains, that they can't reveal what their service member talks to them. And then once the service members know that, that, of course, opens all kinds of doors that they can actually talk to somebody without worrying about, you know, their supervisor finding out or their peers finding out. It really is a sanctuary where they can go and talk. And I like chapel. Sure. You go back to chaplain. Yes, absolutely. Now, there's one, one huge difference. It's rather striking now that I think about it, that you guys get to go alongside an entire unit, right? You're embedded within that unit, whether they're... Christians, Muslims, whatever, whoever's in that unit, you can serve as a chaplain for, right? Exactly, yeah. But at State University, there's no State University calling a campus pastor to serve as a chaplain (laughs) for all of the students showing up to do academic warfare on campus. We kind of still are a little bit more on the periphery. You guys actually, in many ways, have... Have and I'm sure there's stresses and people trying to trying to strip away religious liberties all over the place in in both camps and both circles, but sure. you guys actually have a tremendous opportunity that even the rest of us in campus ministry could could only dream of. I've- no, that that's a very good point. Yeah, with all the similarities, that is a huge difference because of our even which works well for us because of our understanding of the two kingdoms the two realms we even though i'm a military officer you know in the united states navy for me i'm still an ordained clergy of the missouri senate and i basically do have two masters you know if i go afoul if i go afoul of the lutheran doctrine i can be you know disbarred defrocked whatever you want to do and then i'm out as a chaplain or i could do some kind of violation against the uniform code of military justice and then i'm in trouble there But the advantage of that is access, as you said. We are embedded, and they see us right away as a chaplain. Sometimes it still takes work. It's all relationships. I mean, you can be a real jerk, and, you know, they won't talk to you, and they can see right away, as you know, that group sees right through you. (laughs) So they can tell if you're authentic or not. But if you really do do care for them and you're embedded with them, they – definitely will come to you regardless but, of their background but when you're embedded with them and i think there's something that those of us in campus ministry can learn from that you guys get up and do pt with them right you eat with them yep yep and part of being embedded is doing all the things that they do i mean to me that speaks volume that you're not volumes that you're not just okay we're here on the outside we show up for an hour do our thing and leave that you're actually there and doing it with them and I think that speaks volumes uh, to those of us uh, in the campus ministry world. You know, get out of the church, get on campus, spend time in the student union, talk to people. I even encourage campus pastors, if they can, to, to take a class here or there. Be a student yourself. Kind of embed yourself as much as you can, even though you don't have to. Well, what a gift you guys are, and, and uh, I, I want to publicly thank you. Have always, uh, you've come to, I think, all of our conferences, and... Um, do you have a lot of young people that have come to you at our conferences, or even if they're in college, still interested? Hey, what can I do? Oh yes, absolutely. Every conference I've been to, and even when I, uh, you know, in other situations or circumstances, a lot of the college uh, students, university students, first and foremost, ask, you know, especially if they're connected to a military person, whether it's a brother, you know, that they kind of make that connection, or they have a boyfriend or girlfriend who is ROTC or. You know, they, they know they're going to be connected to the military somehow. Kind of just ask, you know, what's it like? And, you know, how can I practice my faith? And what are the pressures I'm under? But a lot of times, 
it is just, hey, how do I you know, witness to these guys? Especially you hear the stories again, as I mentioned in the opening about suicide and well, no post-traumatic stress. Because there's that fine line. We veterans don't want to be uh, labeled as all broken. You know that right. they're these helpless human beings that need so much pity. But at the same time, there are some who are they broken. are broken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they go, hey, I got GI Bill that pays for my education. I'm just going to show up at a university and really are kind of just trying to find their way. And for a, a fellow Christian a Lutheran on that campus to keep an eye open for, for those folks who are military connected because they're very open to uh, basically community uh, relationships. And they can be huge assets because they're all used to being uh, leaders, uh, serving, you know, so they can get involved in the campus ministry events and whatever you, you know, I'm sure there's all kinds of events oh, that they sure. sponsor or do that they like to be involved. And so, you know, sometimes they're just, like you mentioned before, too, they're a little bit older. You know, they're they're about the 28-year-old. But there's a lot of non-traditional years. students these days. But that's what I wanted to talk to you about, ways that we can witness. I, I When I was a campus pastor four years ago, the University of Wyoming, I don't know if I've told you the story or not. I had three or four ROTC students in my campus ministry, and they're like, hey, pastor, we need to do something to reach out to the ROTC folks. So you have veterans coming back to campus. You have ROTC people. And frankly, even at the University of Wyoming, which is a very fairly conservative place, frankly, uh, these people aren't treated the best all the time. They're not always welcome on sure. campus, walking around in their fatigues, you know, doing PT early in the morning, going running. I mean, there there, there are a lot of triggered uh, snowflakes out there and, and academic types that don't think very highly about our military and it seems to me that it's really increasing and a lot of the seeds of that are on our campuses so i always looking for ideas of how can we how can we do something for them because frankly given our understanding of the two kingdoms the, the bottom line is that uh, we have so much to offer but one of the things that we did i'm just going to share with you i'll try to do it quickly i want to get your reaction there's a m- movie called machine gun preacher it's rated r um and for good reason <laughs> <laughs> it's it's actually a true story of the whole um, Joseph Kony saga in was it Uganda or somewhere like that in in the middle of the southern Africa um, with the with the boy soldiers and all that guy comes back from the war PTSD from Vietnam whatever PTSD uh, he ends up uh, uh, getting involved in drugs and they show the the sordid side of that then he gets religion has a conversion experience then he decides he declares he's a preacher sets up his little quonset starts preaching the gospel because now he's been saved and then somebody a missionary comes through and challenges him to go do something um in africa and so he goes over there to to kind of plant an orphanage for a lot of these uh these former boy soldiers or or other orphans from the war and and the locals tell him, okay, whatever you do, don't go over that valley and go over there and build your orphanage there. Now, he's an ex-military guy, right? So what does he say? What? That's exactly where I'm going to go. So he goes over there, builds it. Guess what? Within six months, they burn it to the ground. <laughs> and then, and then, now, the military side, you talk about two kingdoms, comes out. Not only does he want to rebuild the orphanage, but now he starts delegating. Delegating's good, right? He delegates to the people caring for all the kids that they're finding. And at night, he's taken he's taken some uh, kind of rebel soldier types with him. He goes all Rambo and goes out face paint the whole thing, goes out in the middle of the night to find the bad guys. 
And so you want to talk about two kingdom theology. Uh, you see both. You see caring for these little kids. You see him. He's the machine gun preacher. He goes out, takes out the bad guys, brings brings the kids that have been taken away from their families in to get them treatment. It's really fascinating. It's it's a little hardcore in terms of an R-rated movie. But my students that were in the arts, Pastor, we got to show this movie to them. They would, and they were just like, what? Your pastor's going to let us watch Machine Gun? We had like, we had like 35, 40 people show up. We, we fed them. We had this event at our campus ministry. They came. And then uh, we handed out kind of cleaned up copies of uh, um, Luther's Whether a Soldier Can Be Saved, if they wanted to read oh, that. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and had a, just a genuine discussion about... Uh, about the the ugliness of warfare to kingdom theology. These guys thought it was fascinating. Now, did anybody end up coming to our church as a result of that? Um, They came a lot. They didn't necessarily come to church. I don't think we had any adult converts or baptisms or anything like that. But it always struck me as kind of an interesting thing to replicate, to say, you know what? Why why can't we care for these people? Who else is going to care for them on campus? Seriously. The vets that come back? They come back and they come back to a world and they they see uh, they see all these triggered snowflakes who don't seem to uh, you know p- even patriotism is a problem much less appreciation. Same thing too for these younger folks who who are the same age as those that uh, they're going to school with. Anyways, your thoughts? No, I appreciate that's great. I, I haven't seen that movie. I need to go see that. But that's exactly what uh, we just shared when you asked about what can you do. That's a great example. And be, I think it is just acknowledging them with respect on campus. If you do see them, you know, marching in their fatigues or their uniform, going to some event for ROTC or, um, you know, hey, thank you for your service. You know, normally you say, well, everybody says that. What's the big deal? You see people at the airport all the time. But on a campus like that, an environment like that, it, they don't hear it a lot. Right. And so – that makes a difference. You do know, our ROTC to, folks on campus do they uh, do they have chaplains? Do they have? I don't. Maybe this isn't an area you work with as much. I'm just wondering who who you know. We, we send embedded chaplains when they go overseas. You know. No, they do. Yeah, no, they don't have a chaplain. What they usually call upon is if there's a crisis or something, they'll find a, a reserve chaplain, or if there's a if they're near a, a big base, they'll find a chaplain to come and you know, minister to them just through the military connection, but they normally don't have an ROTC. I wonder if many of these folks are open, if they would be open to our campus pastors at state universities, reaching out to them and just saying, hey, let me take you out for a cup of coffee. I want to learn about what you guys do. If you are ever in need or you have someone that's in need, you know, I'm here. I mean, I remember in Laramie, Wyoming, um, we have the National Guard, excuse me, facility there as well. And there was a deployment taking place or a couple hundred guys getting ready to be deployed from the National Guard. This is like 15 years ago because of the relationships I had with some of the local folks because I forced myself to be embedded a little bit. I had a chance to do an entire 45-minute service by myself with no one else, kind of a, a departure you know, service um, as they're getting ready to be deployed. And there are probably only a handful of Lutherans in that. And that was a total honor of a lifetime. It seems to me there might be some connections there we can't force on them, of course, but they also don't, they need to know that we're there for them, right? Oh, absolutely. No, that's a great example, Marcus. I, I'm, that is huge. I never even really pushed that or thought about that. So that's a, because we do it for the Coast Guard Auxiliary, where they will have regular parish pastors fill in for emergencies, crises. We do it for the Civil Air Patrol. Now they will get involved, but that's more high school age. But 
I know any commander of an ROTC unit would be glad to have someone on their phone that's a 911 or if there's a dining in or a dining out or a ball to have say, hey, let's have somebody do the prayer. Who do we got? Well, hey, I know this this pastor here at the campus. He's great. So, yeah, they'll give you opportunities because they're used to it in their world having chaplains. So it won't be a shock to them to have right. You know, whereas the university, it's like, well, you can't have, it's a separation of church and state, and they freak out over, obviously, the wrong understanding of that. But the military is usually pretty good about understanding that uh, this is a well, a free exercise and, thing. And the thing is that three-fourths of all the other campus ministries on campus wouldn't want to do it. I hate to say that, well, but, no, but, I, they, but, I, they, but they wouldn't. Yeah. And so, on the one hand, while that makes me physically ill and disgusted to think that they wouldn't want to be of help, it also means that we have an opportunity in our circles and uh, to, to do just that and to stand in the gap. Like I said, you know, there aren't many folks in the campus ministry world at State University that will reach out to them, but uh, so I say let it, let it be us. Absolutely. And one of the other things, too, Mark, is that really it's such a tight-knit group. You know, if you cut through the chase and get to one that really feels the uh, – compassion and really the word will spread that hey i could talk to this guy right. or the or these students because and they belong to this light lutheran group or something and sure but hey that but they're very safe they appreciate who we are maybe you should go spend some time with them and uh so yeah they, the word will travel that this is a place that understands it without you know necessarily saying hey i'm going to join but at the same time we, we see it as a, a vocation that they've chosen that God has called them to for a while in their life. You know, they may sure. not make it a career, but they're just doing their duty and uh, they need some support and help. And, you know, a lot of our campus ministries, um, you know, p- people do a lot of stuff for our college kids. I mean, a lot of people, LWML groups, folks from back home send care packages and whatnot. And we're pretty good at, uh, at reaching out to international students who are also a tight-knit community, sometimes pro-life groups or uh, pregnancy crisis centers that are Christian groups on campus. It seems to me this is another area that's virtually untapped um, that we could really you know, without without any conditions, just say, "Hey, we're here to we're here to serve you because you're there to serve us." Any last thoughts along these lines? I just kind of wanted to open this up and get our audience thinking about it, uh, as well as thank you for what you do, and um, hopefully, there's a little bit of inspiration here um, for our campus ministry workers and others to think about what they might be able to do locally. But any further thoughts? Uh, I just appreciate this opportunity, but I think this conversation we had really does just highlight. The close relationships we can really have and the opportunities, especially if there's any college or universities even close to a base or installation. You know, there's all kinds of opportunities. But I think just being aware of it, I mean, this is huge, I think, uh, just seeing that these people need help, too. And, um, you know, they've just taken a little hiatus and served their country for four years. Now they're back in as a college student. I think uh, what you're just saying here, Marcus, is just having our eyes open and looking for opportunities to reach out with the gospel of Christ to to this target audience. You know, they do have their culture. I know uh, I know we're running out of time here, but uh, Southeast Missouri State University had a I did a Operation Barnabas event there, and some of the veterans group actually bought a house. It's not a frat house or anything, but sort of like that kind of idea. Mm-hmm. But they just have it open for veterans because a lot of the veterans, you know, have already been, uh, you know, away from home for four years, seen combat, did some other stuff. So they don't want to go to a college, yeah, How do they find a roommate that they fit in with? <laughs> exactly. So, so this house basically was just where the veterans could hang around and, uh, you know, be involved in culture. I thought that was pretty cool 
idea. And so the Lutheran churches in that area have grasped on that opportunity where pastors can go in and have, you know, Bible studies in the evenings and uh, oh. other kind of events. But, you know, they just kind of said, well, we've been there, done that. I'm not going to go and, you know, whatever they're going to do when they're home away from home for the first time. <laughs> it's like we've been there, done that. Yeah. So, well, hey, but anyway, there's the sky's the limit. Yeah. I think. Hey, I mean, we need a cool name like uh, Operation Barnabas. You'll have to come up with another. Well, if, what I want to do is I want to kind of codify some of these things in, in terms of like, hey, you know, get materials out to our campus ministry workers and say, hey, here's 10 ideas of things that you can do, um, big or small. Because I don't want to just, you know, say, hey, go show a machine gun preacher. <laughs> it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, I, I mean, I do, but I, I'd like to give a study guide and some, some prep work for it. But uh, um, anyways, well, Craig, thank you for what you do. Please know that uh, everybody in LCMSU Nation appreciates uh, what all of you do for uh, serving uh, those of the same age. There's so many crossovers and similarities. I look forward to exploring them more with you in the future. Sounds great, Marcus. Thank you for having me on it. That's all we have time for here today in the Student Union. Check out the archives of this program at kfu.org. Learn more about LCMSU at lcmsu.org. And remember, college is tough. You need Jesus, we'll help.